0: Welcome to the Steel Study Podcast here on the Steel Study. I am your host. Yeah, that's me. Jeremy Ritz here. Episode number 2828 of the Steel Study Podcast. It's November 13th, 2021. And I'm coming back at you with a full-length podcast after taking the week off last week got a full show planned for you today as the Pittsburgh Steelers gear up for the 0-8 Detroit Lions. Yeah, a lot of people may look at that game and think it's going to be easy, that it's an easy win for the Steelers, but we all know that's not the case. We've seen how lesser teams have upended some of the juggernauts in the league and the Steelers have to be ready to go and play a complete game for four quarters to put another w in the win column and move to six and three and the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Miami Dolphins very surprising history has shown that the Ravens have been successful against the Dolphins but the Ravens drop one, they go to 6-3, and three, and really, Lamar Jackson did not play well. He was pressured a lot, turned the ball over, and maybe a blueprint was shown for how to play the Ravens. And they're a beat-up team, there's a lot of injuries there that maybe are finally starting to catch up with the Ravens. But it really has opened a door for the Steelers. And with a win on Sunday, your Pittsburgh Steelers will be in first place. How quickly things change in the NFL. It was just a few short weeks ago we were talking about the three game losing streak of this team. We were all fatalistic and negative, myself included, about the chances of this team. But here's the other thing don't get too excited. Because, sure, the Steelers could win on Sunday, beat the Lions, be in first place at 6-3. and three. But then they have the brutal stretch of their schedule coming up, eight games against playoff-caliber teams. They could end up losing six games, and we're back to the negative conversation we were involved in just a few short weeks ago. So it's just important to keep things in perspective and remember that one game at a time, that truly has to be the approach when it comes to the Steelers and their schedule in 2021. I want to thank you for joining me here today on this lovely Saturday, again, episode 28 of the Still Study Podcast. And I want to thank all of you for being supporters of the Still Study listening to the study sessions weekly. We've been going at least six days a week, sometimes seven with those sessions. Your support of those is greatly appreciated. And thank you for sharing those with your family and friends. Haven't had a ton of written content up on the site. Been focusing more so on the audio. It's a busy season right now in my full-time job, which I haven't had as much time to write. But I will be getting back on the keys soon to bring you some written content. But again, just my gratitude to you for being supporter, supporters of the site. Please continue to share my work with your family and friends. And I also would love to connect with you. It is great to get emails from you beautiful studying out there. I even started the Steelers Saturday Mailbag. You can check that out today as well. That is up where I get your questions, comments, and feedback on the show. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com and also give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. And then if you haven't done so yet, I do a podcast with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Steel City Insider. And our podcast is called, surprise, surprise, The Still City Insider Podcast. It's a lot of fun working with Jim He is a wealth of information when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So check that out. That is linked in the show notes. Give it a listen and give that a share as well. So this past week has been an interesting one. It's been a shorter one, being that the Steelers played on Monday night, got the 29-27 victory over the Bears. What just a bizarre game. And as we kind of close the book on that contest... Ray Ray McLeod fumbling the ball and it getting returned for a touchdown. And that really put the Bears back into the contest. And thankfully, the Steelers were able to do enough. Ben was able to lead a drive that put the team in range for a field goal. And they were able to pull out the victory and move to five and three. And now they have a big opportunity this weekend against the Lions to move the 6 and 3 first place in the AFC North. I talked about Baltimore losing to the Dolphins, which was a shocker. I didn't watch the full game and I went to bed full expecting to wake up in the morning seeing that the Ravens pulled out another one. They've won a lot of close contests this, this year including beating the Detroit Lions on a last-second field goal after time had run out. Oh, but the refs didn't recognize that and gave Baltimore an opportunity to kick that field goal. And it was a weird weekend last weekend. The Jaguars beating the Bills. That was bizarre. Who saw that coming? The Browns beat the Bengals. Who knows if more of that upset fever will continue this weekend. Let's just hope it doesn't happen in Pittsburgh against the Lions. We found out that Chase Claypool had a toe injury, and that he was going to be week to week, and now he has been ruled out. Of Sunday's game, he's not going to play. Najee Harris and Kendrick Green showed up on the injury report later in the week, but they're going to be healthy enough to go. But you have to wonder what that impact of Claypool being out will be on the passing game. They're going to have to rely heavier on that rushing attack, and that may be a good thing because the Lions. Worst part of their defense is their rushing defense. They're giving up 134 yards per game. So look for the Steelers really try to really try and exploit that. And again, they don't need to throw 30 or 40 times in this contest. And if they are throwing that many times, something has gone terribly wrong. We need Ben 2.0. Short passing game getting Pat Freyermouth involved, Deontay, and that's it. Pound the rock with Najee. Run some of those perimeter wide receiver runs, and that's it. But just think, the Steelers can be in first place if they win this weekend. And then they're set up for that brutal, brutal schedule that's coming up. And let's let's take a quick look at that schedule after this Lions game. And again, if you haven't listened to the prediction yet, I have that up on the study session from Friday. That is available to you. You can check that out on the site. But the games following the Lions game, here, here we go. Here's the breakdown. At the Chargers, Sunday night, 820. I feel like they can get that game They don't do well traveling to the West Coast. But for as hot as the Chargers started the season, they've kind of fizzled a bit. They've shown that they are beatable. And it is a game that I feel like the Steelers have a chance to win. Now, will they? Who knows? But they have a chance. Then at the Bengals at 1 o'clock. The Bengals really embarrassed the Steelers at home. Early in the season, there's some bad blood there after Tyler Boyd's comments saying that the team essentially quit. Let's see if those words come back to bite him. But that's going to be a tough contest for the Steelers in Cincinnati. There's playoff implications there in the AFC North. The Steelers are going to have to be prepared for that one. Then you have the Ravens for the first time. At home, 425 You all know the history of Steelers Ravens, regardless of the year, regardless of who the cast of characters are. This is going to be a knockdown, drag out, physical, you're probably going to get a bloody nose and bruises just by watching the game. It's winnable. It's a winnable contest. There's no reason they can't win. Will they? We don't know. Typically, the Steelers split with the Ravens. It's probably going to be easier to defeat them at home than it will be away. But that's a tough game. Then you have the Vikings on a short week Thursday night. That's away. That's going to be a tough one, too. As much as I've pointed out about Kirk Cousins, that he always finds a way to lose the close game, watch that game against the Steelers be the one that he wins. Again, they have some explosive offensive weapons. Then the back half there, the last four games, versus the Titans at 1 o'clock. Now, they'll be without Derrick Henry. It'll be all day Adrian Peterson and his older self, that rushing attack, but they have a great passing attack. Ryan Tannehill doesn't necessarily strike fear in the hearts of the defense with his passing talents, but he does have Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. So that's going to be a tough contest. They've got a great defense. The good thing is that game is at home. It's at Pittsburgh. Then from there, the day after Christmas, they play the Chiefs. That is away in Arrowhead. Brutal place to play. That's a 425 game. That is going to be challenging. But the Chiefs have shown that they're beatable. They look mortal. Patrick Mahomes looks like he could be had. And that's not the... Chiefs team of the last few years there's some problems going on there the Steelers can win that one then you have the Browns in Pittsburgh on Monday night man you know my thoughts on the Monday night games I don't like them I don't like the Steelers chances in that game for some reason I have just just looking at that game I have a bad feeling about the Browns on Monday night I don't like it And then you're at the Ravens. That's a 1 o'clock game to close out the season. What a way to close out the season. What if that comes down to the winner is the division champion? Wouldn't that be something? And it's in Baltimore. Gosh. So if you look at that, at Chargers, at Bengals, versus the Ravens, at Vikings, versus the Titans, at Chiefs, versus the Browns, at Ravens. It's brutal. That's four divisional games left. That's five games on the road. It's only three at home. You're going to learn everything you want to know about this team this these last eight games. And here's the one thing that you could say about that. They are going to be battle-tested. Going into the playoffs, they're not going to face a team that will be better than anybody they've seen in the regular season because they have played one hellacious schedule. And I've said all along, if they can get to 6-3, and beat the Lions, if they could just go 4-4 and over these last eight contests, they should be able to sneak in. Now, will they win the North? It's going to be difficult. I think their best route is to make it in as a wild card and then everybody is... 0-0 0-0 zero and zero undefeated at that point. And just a quick look here, if I was going to make my revised predictions, I think they beat the Chargers. I think they beat the Bengals. That Ravens game, uh, that I would put that one up in the air. The Vikings, I think they could win there. The Titans, that's going to be tough. The Chiefs, that's going to be tough. The Browns, I don't like it. And the Ravens, I don't like it. So I see three three potential wins there. The Chargers, Bengals, Vikings, and they just gotta get one of those other games. They could do it. They can absolutely do it. So can't wait to to see what transpires here. And I can't believe we're gonna be on the back half of the season. It's incredible how fast this thing goes. I want to slow it down a bit here. Also wanted to point out a comment. Uh, Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh post Gazette wrote an article this week referencing pro football focus grades, just talking briefly about the secondary, referencing the coverage score from pro football focus for the Steelers being a 50.7, which is... Low and not good, and Bittner writes, The secondary is not good and must get better if the Steelers are going to contend for anything meaningful. Let me read that one more time. The secondary is not good and must get better if the Steelers are going to contend for anything meaningful. And again, he's basing that off of not only the coverage grade from PFF but also his observations. So, I just thought it was an interesting point of discussion here in the podcast. The secondary has not played well so far this year. And if there's one significant change, it's obvious it's that Stevie Nelson is not opposite Joe Hayden at cornerback. That's the only change that has occurred in that secondary. You have Cameron Sutton playing in his spot. The only other difference that you could argue is that Joe Hayden is now a year older. So that maybe his skills have diminished a little bit. And they aren't at the level they used to be. And perhaps that loss of a quarter step or a half a step or whatever it may be is contributing to some of the explosive plays or the poor coverage you could argue that the inexperience of James Pierre is hindering this team, or the lack of a slot corner a la Mike Hilton has been hurting these team this team. You can argue a lot of things. But Bittner is right in saying that there it's a need. It needs to improve. I don't think it's as bad as he's making it sound. But something seems off. I would say just in general, with the defense as a whole something seems off but it's really not showcasing itself until the second half of games we've seen this defense be strong for the first two quarters and then something happens in the third quarter where the linchpin just comes out and they start hemorrhaging yards they have to figure out what that's attributable to could it be The fact that the Steelers are prioritizing certain elements of offenses and putting their resources behind whether it's stopping the run or against Team X stopping the pass or against Team Y focusing on shutting down the athletic quarterback. Is it because they're doing that 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 is giving up other parts of the offense that they weren't accounting for beating them? I don't know. But I would say that it's not just the pass coverage that's been an issue with this defense. It's been the run defense as well. They've been gashed several times. So the Steelers have to figure out what is happening in the second half of games. Is it that the offenses of their opponents are making the adjustments and the Steelers are not, or that they're slow to adjust? That has been a criticism of Keith Butler over the years that adjustments aren't made in-game effectively enough. But they're going to need to do that, especially as they're coming up on those eight games that we have just talked about. Eventually, it will bite them. But they also need to get better play out of their defense. Specifically... Alex Highsmith. We need to see him produce more as a pass rusher. He's been decent in the run, but he hasn't produced in terms of sacks on the stat sheet. Minka Fitzpatrick. And he's played well in recent weeks, but we're not seeing the turnovers that we have seen, the big splash plays. Those are going to be needed in those eight games. Terrell Edmonds, who was steady the first few games this year, we still haven't seen him elevate. The inside linebackers I think a lot of people were counting on Devin Bush Playing at a high level Being physical, being aggressive, being quick Being disruptive in the backfield We haven't seen that So there need to be a lot of players On the defensive side of the ball Step up Because in order for this team To make a run in the playoffs They're going to have to be better Than what they are currently showing The talent's there They just have to put all the pieces together. And we know that they could do it. We saw that against Buffalo. Will they get it done? That's the beauty of the NFL. T.J. Watt, is he going to win Defensive Player of the Year? He is definitely making a strong case for himself. What will it take? He only needs four and a half sacks to tie James Harrison for The record for most sacks in the season, that was Harrison with 16. He's going to get that easily. Can he challenge Michael Strahan's NFL record for highest number of sacks in a season? I think maybe that's where TJ has his sights set. And if he could do something like that, if he can accomplish a feat like that, I think he's in a good position to potentially win the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But it seems to be a three-horse race right now. Miles Garrett, ironically enough, plays for the hated Browns. And then you have Aaron Donald. It will be one of those threes, Defensive Player of the Year. Who could be most consistent? That's going to go a long way in determining who wins that revered award. Some Steelers... Numbers here, a little stat study on the Still Study podcast today. Just some numbers. I got four numbers for you. 150 wins for Mike Tomlin. Passes Bill Cower. He can get 151 this weekend. I mean, that's pretty impressive. In the NFL, all the coaching turnover, all the turnovers, turnover in terms of personnel, players, injuries, injuries, you got to marvel at that. And just the stability of the Steelers organization, that's pretty phenomenal for Coach Tomlin. It's a testament to the organization. So 150. And how about this? Here's another 50. Ben has 50 fourth-quarter comebacks. Picked up number 50 against the Bears this past Monday. Hopefully it's not 51. No fourth-quarter comeback this weekend, Ben. Get the job done early. Another stat, 88% of the final eight teams that the Steelers are going to play have winning records. So seven of those eight teams that they're going to play, it's only the Vikings who don't have winning records. That just speaks to the difficulty of the stretch ahead for your Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the last thing I wanted to reference here is first downs. Check this out. The Steelers. Guess how many first downs they have achieved this season. Steelers offense 153 guess how many the opposing offenses have acquired 153 so check this out breaking it down further 63% of the Steelers first downs have come out of the passing game 26% from the running game and 11% from penalties interestingly enough Steelers' opponents. 61% of the first downs achieved by opposing offenses have come from the passing game. 33% from the run, 6% from penalties. So it's interesting to see how that shakes out. First downs are engendered more from the passing game than the running game, but that 11% in terms of penalties leading to first down for the Steelers, that's a high number. It's almost double what opponents are securing first downs from the Steelers with. And that speaks to the disciplined nature of the team. So I thought that was interesting to share. And then finally, closing out the show today, I have a history nugget for you, a little history bomb, Andrew. Andrew. The Mule Malcasian would be proud. I'm going to try to get Andrew and Jake on the show for that Ravens game. See if we can get a little trio podcast going on. But my history nugget today is coming to you about the Detroit Lions. Did you know that the Steelers lead the series with Detroit? 17 wins, 14 losses, and one tie. And since that coin flip controversy back on that Thanksgiving day, which Jerome Bettis called... I believe he called Tells and they thought he said heads and then they awarded the ball to the Lions. The Steelers have won five straight since that game. And in the series, check this out. This is pretty bizarre. The Steelers have, even though they lead 17 wins to 14 losses, they've been outscored 621 points to 560 points. And let me drill down even further. They have played 12 times in November. November. The Steelers have only won three of those games They are three Eight and one Three wins, eight losses One tie in November But Ben's last three games Against the Lions He's thrown eight TDs And two interceptions So a little bit of history there for you They're not great against the Lions in November They've been outscored in the series But they lead it Pretty interesting And Studians, that is it. That is the conclusion of the Still Study Podcast here for Lions Week, heading into this contest versus an 0-18. The Steelers are going to get it done. Check out my prediction on the session from earlier this week. Make sure you're cheering your Pittsburgh Steelers on. And again, I would love to hear from you, please. Drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. My gratitude to you for being a supporter of the site, you beautiful studians. And if you haven't checked out my podcast with Jim Wexel, it's over on his site, the Still City Insider. The podcast is called the Still City Insider Podcast. Please do that. It's great stuff. And just... Thank you. I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to do this. It's a lot of fun for me. I'm learning so much about the Pittsburgh Steelers, even more than what I thought I knew. It's fun bringing this to you. And just thank you. I hope you have a great weekend. My love and gratitude to you. I hope you have a phenomenal weekend with your family and friends. And I'll see you next week back here on the Still Study Podcast. Have a great weekend everyone. Love you guys. Peace.